I'm Robin. And I'm Molly. And this is Home is Where the Murder Is. Hey. Hey, hi. guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, I uh, am here. I am here as well. <laughs> we are really good at intros. Um, They're kind of silly. When I, when, I've, when I listen to them, I'm like, gosh, I sound like a dummy. <laughs> I say that about myself, too. And like, I'm, what a dumb... Yeah, what a dumb. What a dumb. But but yet we keep on doing it and people keep on listening. Well, to they it. don't have a choice. They have to get yeah. through this part to get to the murder. To the good stuff. So yeah. I guess you could just skip it. Maybe Sucks no one to listens. Suck. No one listens to this. They might, probably for the best. But they might be missing really important information. Maybe I'm saying lottery future lottery numbers. Yeah, she can see the future. I'm clairvoyant. Isn't that what That's, that is? I think so. I don't know. That's great. I didn't know I that about I you. Would. Is my life going to come together or is this just how it is? Oh, this is how it is. Oh, good. Yay. But this has come together. Oh. Right now. <laughs> Over me. Okay. <laughs> yep. And we're not tired because it's daytime, you guys. It's, it's like it's lunchtime. Yeah. This is our second episode ever where we do during the day. So we can't even blame it on being tired. This well, is I'm just good. who we are. I'm good right now. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, there's not a whole lot to report. Uh, let's see here. We um, we are still collecting uh, names of realtors that want to be partners with us. We have some cases that we sent out. So yep. that's pretty exciting. Yep. And uh, yeah, our listeners are continuously growing. We just added more people to our Facebook page, um, our group. And uh, yeah, every it seems like every day we just gain more and more listeners. So we love you guys. Thank yeah. you for that. Working on the Instagram too. Yep. If there's anything too that you guys are wanting to see or hear more of, just let us know. Um, I don't know, like if there's like certain cases you really want to hear, let us know. We'll we would love to, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and I don't know why I don't say this more often, but you all know if you've gotten to this point, you know that we are real estate agents in the state of Wisconsin. We, obviously, we are always here for anybody in the state of Wisconsin that's looking to buy or sell real estate. But yeah. we also have referral partners all over the nation and in Canada and even Dubai. So please reach out to us if you're looking to buy or sell because we'd love for you to work with one of our partners because then you're working with somebody who loves true crime just as much as you. So. So you already know that you have something to talk about. Yeah. And, and we've done along with. Yeah. And I've done some scrubbing so I know the good agents from the bad agents because yes, there are bad agents out there. I have a list of them in my apartment. Apartment? I don't have an apartment. Why did I say apartment? Do you have a secret apartment? I do not. I live in a house. Oh my god. I think she has secrets. <laughs> a little slip. Why would Ooh. I just fall in apart? Oh no. It might be the humidity. There's no humidity here. Do you want me to talk about the weather in this Stop. episode again? I swear to God, if you talk about the freaking weather and how you like crisp air one more time, I'm walking out of our fort. Wow. Yeah, I said it. But no, I don't have an apartment. I have a home. And multiple. I think you should have a home. I do have multiple homes, but I'm not rich. I'm actually a poor person that has multiple tiny homes. <laughs> Still looking for a rich husband, if you know one. Taking applications on that as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um... I don't have a whole lot of updates, and so just buy your houses from us and listen to our podcast, and you will do great things in life. On that note, let's uh, listen to me talk about a murder that you all probably already know. Is it a nice, light, and easy one like last it's week? Actually, like a light, breezy, like mm, like Dolly Wahlberga? It is disgusting. So opposite of what I did. It is not good. It is oh, an older no. one, but um, it's funny because I was just looking at it. So I'm doing... 
the uh, Butcher of Plainfield. Ooh. Which, if you know who that is, that is Ed mm-hmm. Gein. Ever heard of him? Yeah, Ed Gein uh, is gross. Yeah. But what's funny Not is a I, good one. when I titled this The Butcher of Plainfield, it goes with the rest of my documents, like all the other stories I've done. I've done The Werewolf Butcher, uh, The Boogeyman of Westfield, and what was that other one? There was another one I did. But, like, I have these weird titles for all yeah. of mine. So I just thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, look that at me. Funny. Like, not being... Just naming off a murderer. I have right. to have a fun slogan with it, too. Need to have a good good nickname. So, yeah. But I did Ed Gein because I started a couple other cases, and then I realized I needed more assistance from other realtors, so I'm waiting for them to uh, get back to me. But Ed Gein is a Wisconsin case, which I'm... I, I love a Wisconsin Molly case. does love them. I try to refrain from them because I like to know what else is going on in the world. And, but, and you know that I'm doing them a lot. But, yeah. But Ed Gein's a famous one. It's an interesting case. And it is in Wisconsin, so I was able to pull the data super easily. So um, Yeah, and there's just a lot of information about yeah, him. Yeah. And who doesn't love the Ed Gein story? Right. Well, again, there's just so much information yeah. about it. Yeah. It's a very well-known. Like, if you list off, like, you know, the top... Mm-hmm. well-known serial killers yeah like, in wisconsin alone it's jeffrey dahmer ed gein yeah. like roll of the tongue i mean if you're not saying ed gein jeffrey dahmer when you think about wisconsin like what are you thinking who of? are you yeah i'm sure your husband would say like badgers or packers but not me right ed gein jeffrey dahmer yep here we go so that being said the butcher of plainfield if you don't know this story buckle up because it is gross yeah it's i mean yeah not not for the faint of heart nope so there's your warning it is disgusting yep butcher but it wouldn't be a story by me if it wasn't right all right so edward theodore gein was born on august 27th 1906 to george philip gein and augusta wilhelmine gein he was the second born child with an older brother by the name of henry george gein who was about five years older than ed the family lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin, great college town, where George owned a grocery store. George was described as an alcoholic who couldn't keep a job and who was hated by his wife. Oh. What a legacy, right? What a way to describe mm-hmm. someone. Yep. Now, I don't know Ed's parents, but from what I've read, his mother was a wackadoodle. What a couple. Mm-hmm. Not begging on religion, But if that's your thing, that's great. But some folks like to take that shit way too far. And I don't care who you are. You know I'm right. Um, And I believe that Ed's mother, Augusta, I believe it was Augusta, right? Is what I said. Yeah, Augusta definitely took her religion way too far. She was a Lutheran, as am I. So again, not begging on religion. But she took it to the next level. She preached to her sons about the immortality of the world. Immorality? Immorality. Wow. Immortality would be like vampires. Probably that too. Immortals. Immorality. God damn it. (laughs) It is lunchtime. About the immorality. Immorality. Why can't I say that word? It's like me trying to pronounce names, which names are hard. This is okay. These are words. I did graduate. Um, The evil of drinking. And her belief that all women, apart from herself, were naturally promiscuous and instruments of the devil. She would have not liked Dolly from last week. Oh, oh my God. I'd like to sit in a room with Augusta and Dolly. I'd like them to have a combo. Right? 
Every afternoon, she would read to her boys from the Bible, usually selecting verses from the Old Testament and the Book of Revelation concerning death, murder, and divine retribution. Those are great stories for children. When we read normal books to your children, you know, about the ABCs and... uh, I like to read, like, stories about animals and... and The different sounds they make and the babies they have. Nope. They were learning about what will happen if, if, if a whore comes your way. Yep. Yay. So at some point while the boys were young, George sold his grocery store and moved the family to a 155-acre farm in Plainfield, Wisconsin, the, which is not far from uh, La Crosse, for those of you not familiar with Wisconsin. And La Crosse is at the top of Wisconsin, so up north. Uh, that's up north is what we up say. Up north. The boys' life became school and chores, and they had very little contact with the outside world, which is how their mother wanted it. Ed's classmates and teachers described him as shy and said he had weird mannerisms, like random laughter as if he was laughing at his own jokes. Stop it, Robin. I mean, sometimes you got to laugh at your own jokes. I mean, I do it all the freaking time. I think I'm hilarious. Right. Ed did fairly well in school, but he was not allowed to be social. His mother would punish him if he tried to make friends. Can you see that she's... That's sad. Yeah. That's so sad. We're, meanwhile, we're over here like, go talk to other kids. Get Go away. Don't talk to me. Talk to others. Makes you feel really good oh. about your parenting when you know that you could... This is the opposite of right. what we are. Oh, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. So his mother would punish him if he tried to make friends, and she was quite abusive towards Ed, but he idolized her. As, I mean, as... I mean, a kid... They're always going to look up to their parents, you know, and their mom. You know what I mean? Like, you want to have your mother's yeah. love. Well, Yeah. So, I mean, of course, they're going to want to do whatever they can to, yeah. Well, Ed's brother, Henry, apparently recognized the unhealthy behavior between the two and would often speak badly of their mother to Ed. Ooh. Yeah. On April 1st, 1940, George Gein died of heart failure due to alcoholism. And that's no joke, folks. Do you see what I did there? He died on April 1st. Oh, I did not. I said it was no joke. I did not. You didn't. You were like, why did you put that in there? Sometimes you got to laugh at your own jokes, <laughs> just like I did. <laughs> just see how this just yeah. fits. I'm yeah. so great. I'm the best. Okay. The boys stepped up and began handyman work to help pay the bills on the farm. Ed also did some babysitting, which he enjoyed because he felt he could relate to the children more than he could to adults. Mm. The brothers were generally considered reliable and honest by residents of the community. In 1944, Henry began dating a divorced mother of two and had plans to move in with her. Oh. I'm guessing mom loved that. Yeah. His only concern was leaving his brother behind with their mother. Yeah. He would express his dismay with their relationship, which left Ed feeling hurt. So, okay. On May 16, 1944, the Plainfield Fire Department was called out to the farm due to a marsh fire getting out of control. It was contained, and they left, but not long after, Ed called the police to report his 43-year-old brother missing. In the dark, with lanterns guiding their way, a search party came across Henry's body lying face down. He had burns and a bruised head and had been dead for some time. However, his death was not investigated, but he was declared dead of heart failure, which makes total sense. Hmm. Later, that finding would be changed to asphyxia. I fucking hate words. Asphyxiation. That's a hard one. It is a tough one. So is the other word that I tried to say. What was that other word? Ah, Shut up. Later, that finding would be changed to asphyxiation, but law enforcement still chose to not investigate the death. Good job. 
law enforcement. I think the mother and Ed killed him. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so I'm not the only one that's like, mm. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, because, like, yeah. Well, I mean, she's upset he's going to be moving in with a woman, and we all know women are well, the devil. and he always had kind of been against. Uh-huh, about against Ed and the mom, and yeah. he's probably a wedge between the two of them because yeah. he's talking bad yeah. against her. So that's what I think. I think that was all set up. Yeah, I agree. So with Henry out of the way, Augusta and Ed could go on living their super weird mother-son lifestyle. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> super weird life! <laughs> but that wouldn't last long. Shortly after Henry's death, Augusta had a stroke. Oh. Yeah, darn. Hmm. Ed was devoted to caring for her and began running the household. She was recovering well until later in 1945, Gein and his mother visited a man by the name of Smith, which was... You know, your old last name. That's his first name? Yep. I, they just call him Smith. He lived by na- n- nearby, and they had gone to his farm to purchase straw. According to Gein, Augusta witnessed Smith beating a dog. A woman inside the home came out and started yelling at him to stop. But, unfortunately, the dog did not survive the beating. Oh. So Smith's an asshole. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Augusta was extremely upset by this scene. Like... Can you blame her? Like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No. But that wasn't why she was upset. She was not upset that the man beat the dog. Oh. Okay? She was upset that there was a presence of a woman at Smith's residence. Oh. Augusta told Ed that the woman was not married to Smith and had no business being there. She angrily called her Smith's harlot. Oh, my gosh. How? She, it's funny because it's like, what do you fucking care? <laughs> well, and like, you just saw him like beat a dog to death. Right. But oh my gosh, there's a woman in the Can home. Can you imagine? Like, that's your problem. This caused her to have a second stroke and her death or her health. Ra- my God, Robin, help me. <sighs> she had a second stroke and her health deteriorated rapidly. She died on December 29th, 1945 at the age of 67. I say she had it coming. I mean, too bad. She, she seemed like a twat. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like her. But Ed felt differently than I do. He was absolutely devastated. I'm sure. By well, her that death. was like his yeah. rock. In exactly. His life. I mean, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. But like. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to show you, you know, that your parents you, be a good parent because everything you teach your kids is going to somehow affect them, whether you believe it or not. Like it. Yeah. It's true. So don't make any mistakes whatsoever with your children. Don't do anything wrong. There's my parenting advice for the day. From the world's best mom. Right. You did get that award. (laughs) I did. I bought it. Um, (laughs) uh, So Ed was devastated by her death in the words, and in the words of author Harold Schechter, I love that name, he had lost his only friend and one true love. Interesting. Which is creepy. That's not how I describe my mommy. I love her, but... Right. Yeah. And he was absolutely alone in the world, which is when Ed Gein went off the deep end. So Ed continued to live at the farmhouse, and after his mother's death, he boarded up the rooms his mother used frequently. Rooms like the upstairs, the parlor in in the lower level, and the living room. These rooms stayed untouched and in pristine condition while the rest of the house became a shit show. Ed only utilized the kitchen and the room off of the off of the kitchen, which was his living space. He started to read pulp magazines, which were inexpensive fiction magazines published from 1896 through 1950. He was specifically interested in the ones that mentioned Nazis or cannibalism. 
So let's just take a second here. So this guy's mom dies. He immediately goes home and boards up the rooms that she used. So they sat like a museum. Just, just this, there, this yeah. big farmhouse and he's not using half of it. Right. Just because his mom was in those rooms at one point. Right. He didn't Super want to mess weird. up like her last like places that she yeah. was at and that she touched. Talk about being a nut. To keep the farm up and running, Gein was a handyman and received a farm subsidy from the federal government starting in 1951. And sometime between 1946 and 1956, he also sold off 80 acres of land that his brother Henry had owned. Mm. That was sweet of him. From the outside, Gein was just a quiet guy who picked up odd jobs and kept to himself. No family and living in a farm house in the middle of nowhere people just let him be which makes sense i would go nowhere near that as well well right i mean if he's not really bothering anyone and you're not you know what i mean like just kind of yeah, there just doing his thing yeah. i think we've all known somebody that's just kind of been kept to themselves and is yeah. whatever that was until 1957 when a hardware store owner would go missing and ed gein's horrifying secrets would finally come to light on the morning of November 16th, 1957, which was opening day of deer hunting season, by the way. It's a big day. It's a big day. In Wisconsin. It, is, it is. That's when all the men leave their wives for yeah. an extended period of time and the wives are like, well, thank God. See you guys. Less, I'm out. Less cleaning for me. Yep. All right. So Bernice Warden opened her hardware store as she had done since her husband passed away in 1931. Her first customer of the day was Ed Gein, who was there to buy some antifreeze. Now, I apologize. Some people say antifreeze. I say antifreeze. It's antifreeze, but I say it funny, so just deal with it. It's something oh. I've been, it's just something I've been working on. It's, one of your, it's on your list of it's things. On, oh, my words. Instead of just buying his antifreeze, antifreeze, now I see, now I'm saying it funny. Instead of buying his antifreeze and leaving like a normal fucking human being, he took a 22 caliber rifle off a shelf and shot Bernice. Uh-oh. Yep. He then slit her throat and dragged her body out the back of the store. Locals stated they saw her truck being driven away from the store around 9.30 a.m. Bernice's son, Deputy, Deputy Sheriff Frank Warden, entered the store around 5 p.m. to find the store's cash register open and bloodstains on the floor. He also saw a sales slip written out to Ed Gein for antifreeze. That's like four times I had to say antifreeze. <laughs> I mean, he didn't think to grab that slip. Oh, just wait. All right. Oh, just wait. All right. Police officers visited Ed's property twice after folks. Oh, Ed, I see. Oh, I thought right. you meant the cop. I meant Ed. Like, oh, yeah. Um, no. We don't grab he that, was, Ed? He was busy. Okay. He was removing a body. Okay, gotcha. So police officers visited Ed's property twice after folks mentioned seeing his car near the hardware store that morning and after finding the receipt. First visit, no one was home. Second visit, no one was home, but that didn't stop law enforcement from snooping around. Washera County Sheriff Arthur Schley peered into a shed that Gein used as a summer kitchen and yelled, My God, there she is. There was the body of Warden, hung upside down by the ankles, gutted and dressed out like a deer, ready for the butcher. Tendons in the ankles had been cut and a rod had been placed through them. The body was drawn up in the air by a block and tackle. The body was dressed out and the head was missing. Sheriff Schley went outside and vomited. And in case you aren't familiar with deer hunting, um, dressed out means that the body cavity is cleaned out of its internal organs. 
hey, like, how you feeling over there? <laughs> but like, why her? Oh, I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay, good. So, yeah, so that's, I like have that mental image and I hate it. I yeah. hate that mental image. Yeah. And then I feel for this cop, right? Oh my gosh. So well, what was this her son that found her? No, 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 no. no. Okay, oh, no. This was um, this was a different. Not, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, there was two jurisdictions that were investigating okay, this. So obviously, this prompted a search of the property. They're like, you know, guys, <laughs> let's take. Yeah, a peek. you know what? And it's funny because I was thinking uh, about this today. If this were to happen, would they be? Would this hold up in court because they didn't have a search warrant when they were snooping around? Right. I, so I don't know what it was like back then, but yeah, something to think about. Yeah. Um, so they But wouldn't that give them probable cause, though? No, I know, but even just poking around in that shed, like, would that have been an issue? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? I'll have to ask a cop that was alive back then. So if you know one, let me know. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, so during the search of the property, this is what they all found. All right, hold on to your butts, folks. Here we go. They found whole human bones and fragments... A wastebasket made of human skin, human skin covering several chair seats, skulls on the bedposts, female skulls, some with the top sawn off, bowls made from human skulls, a corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulders to waist, leggings made from human leg skin, Masks made from the skin of female heads. Um, this woman, which I will discuss with about her in a minute, but Mary Hogan's face. So she's a woman that was also murdered. Um, and that was in a paper bag. Mary Hogan's skull in a box. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's potbelly stove. Nine volve in a shoe box. I don't know what a volve is, though. I didn't I didn't look into that. Somebody tell me. But I don't like it. So I'm not going to lie to you. When I got, like, this far, I stopped researching what things were because I was disgusted beyond belief. But so it's like V-L-U-V-A-E, volve. I, is it, I, and I'm sure someone's listening to this and they're, like, yelling, like, what it is. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's, like, um. She's. I can't tell them what you just pointed at. Why didn't you just say it? Volve. Yeah, V U L V A E. Nine volve in the yeah, shoebox. Yeah. I love yeah. that we're doing this now. Yeah. No, you did value. Oh no, it, volve. No, it V U L V A E. I'm sorry, everyone. I must know what it is, though, and I should have looked it up before I started recording, but you are really struggling with that word I, um, over there, aren't you? Okay, I'm going to keep going, but they and you can tell us what that is in a second. They found a young girl's dress and the vulvas of... Well, that's what I I think it's like a plur, like a... Oh, the vulvas of two female females judged to have been about 15 years old. So I'm guessing it's a sexual It's, it's, it's part thing. Of, of the... I don't see... I don't know my vagina. anatomy, nor... Do I want to? I just want it all to stay intact and properly function. Um, a belt made from female human nipples, four noses, 
A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. A lampshade made from the skin of a human face. And fingernails from female fingers. Yeah. It is It is that? Okay, that's gross. That's gross. So, and I bet you, I'm just laughing right now because I know people are probably listening and they're like screaming at me. How do you not know what that is? Yeah, you I'm are like, a woman. Like... But I just don't, you guys. Like, my mind is on real estate and Bon Jovi. So, just. Yeah. Okay. So, after that long list of disgusting things found, can you even imagine being the no. police officers that found that shit? No. I'd quit. I'd be like, I'm yeah. done. Like, what a what a story. So, police arrested Gein, obviously, and during questioning, he admitted that between 1947 and 1952, he made 40 late-night visits to three different cemeteries. Now, oh, we have barking dogs. We have barking dogs. Sorry about that. The dogs and the humans in the house came home. My, so. my family. Um, so, no, I was actually just about to say, so he had been going to three different cemeteries in the night to... Um, do his things that I'll get into. But it bothered me when I was reading that with him, like, because I go to the cemetery, like, you every day. The cemetery. <laughs> and I'm over here like, wait a minute, now this sounds bad. I'm like, does it sound bad when I say, hey, I'm going for another walk in the cemetery and I'm going to take pictures of tombstones for people? Which, I, by the way, I'm still having a wonderful time doing that. So. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. Good. You sound a little defensive. So, well, I don't go after, it. I don't go in the middle of the night like Ed Gein did. No. And I don't dig people up. No. I will tell you something real quick. So, side note, I did, so I did go with Logan the other day because it was a nice day. Yeah. And I told him, I said, hey, um, I got this message from this lady who has an aunt that passed away and she wants to see if I can go find her her tombstone. And we found it. And I said, I'm like, so it's going to be like a little scavenger hunt. We were only in there for like 10 minutes and we found it. And we took a picture of it and he was like, that was really fun. So we went to another cemetery and we did it again for somebody else. And he was like, mom, I like doing this. It's really nice. And I was telling him the backstory about why the person wanted it. And he was like, well, that's great. Well, in this cemetery, there is a child section, which is kind of sad, like infants and young kids, like, you know, little toddlers and stuff that have passed away. And it's very full of toys and flowers and, like, night lights and things like that. Well, we have had a lot of bad storms in Milwaukee lately, like wind storms. So all of it was, like, all knocked over and everything. And Logan goes to me, hey, Mom, maybe we should go clean that area up a little bit. So we did. So we cleaned that up. And I was looking at him, and I was just so proud. And I'm like, I'm sure it's kind of a weird thing. Like, I told him, don't go to school and tell people this is what you did after school. But, like, I just was really proud of him because, like, he felt so bad for that the kids had passed away. and But he, at the same time, was like... Well, if their parents come back and I want them to see that they're, you know, that they're, yeah. you know. So it's it was super sweet. So we, we finished and he's like, well, I hope that that makes them happy. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. So, you know what? It can be nice going to the cemetery sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, it's a very nice thing. Good. So, so Ed Gain was going to the cemetery. He said, but not for the same reason. <laughs> no, definitely not. So he stated that he was in a daze, which cracks me up because sure you were, and that on about 30 of these visits, he would come out of his daze and in the cemetery and just go home empty-handed. But on the other visits, he would dig up the bodies of recently deceased middle-aged women who reminded him of his mother. Aww. That bitch. Just memories so it makes me wonder if he to know if they reminded him of his mother i wonder if he was reading like newspapers for obituaries well right how would he know yeah i don't know i don't know what it was like back then i didn't know if they put the na- the pictures and stuff in it, or maybe he knew who the women were but mm-hmm. that was interesting to me or he just maybe dug them up looked at them and said yeah yeah you'll do which is kind of what i was thinking because he says he's in a daze 
but he only walked away from the cemetery with about nine bodies. So maybe with the other times when he dug people up, he they he chose not to take them. Not that yeah. he was in a daze, but because he didn't, they didn't remind him of his mom. Yeah, maybe. And also, um, he had apparently had uh, young girls stuff at his house too, like body parts. So it's also mm. like, you know what? I think you're full of shit. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because of the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, so he would take bodies that reminded him of his mother. He would take home their bodies, skin them, tan them. And begin making his projects. So if he's doing this, though, they have to be pretty recently oh, buried. Yeah. yeah, these yeah. were all all, um, all brand new ones. Um, so investigators went to these graves with Gein, and most were empty. Whereas some had a few body parts in the coffins that were put back by Gein when he found he didn't need them. Like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Gein had admitted that since his mother's death, he had begun working on a skin suit that he was creating to look like his mother. He would wear the suit when he was missing her. That's awful. Is that not the worst thing you've ever heard? That's not. Like, as, like, weird and messed up as his mom was, that is not what she would have wanted. I I don't know. No, because, like, she was very, like, biblical and stuff. Like, Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, that is not. But, like, wow, the the mentality to, like, do such a thing. So Gein was also was soon charged with the murder of a local bar owner, May Mary Hogan, who had I'm sorry, it's not May, it's Mary, but I wrote May, even though I know it's not May. It is May right now, though. Holy crap, did I just go somewhere? Mary Hogan, who had been missing since 1954, as her body parts were found in his house as well. Gein did did say that there was no sexual contact with the bodies because they smelled too bad. Which, like, how do you know though? You know what I mean? Like, he says that. I know. I know. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. I mean. Like, oh, I would never do that. I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to pretend that you didn't just so that I can sleep at night. But. But, like, it's like, yeah. Oh, you think that that would be gross? Look what you did. Exactly. You were creating a human. Right. Okay. Human skin suit. Okay. Gross. So a 16-year-old whose parents were friends with Gein reported that Gein kept shrunken heads in his house, which Ed had described as relics from the Philippines sent by a cousin who had served in World War II. Upon investigation, these were determined to be human facial skins carefully peeled from corpses and used by Gein as masks. Mm-hmm. Ugh. On November 21st, 1957, Gein was arraigned on one count of first-degree murder in Washara County Court, where he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. I usually hate this, that plea, but I'm going to go with, yeah, huh? Yep, that makes sense here. I just, like, this is, where, where in his mind did this even be like, you know what I should do today? I should make a lampshade. <laughs> Out of someone's skin. Right, you know what I mean? Like, where did that even, I don't. I don't know. To be a fly on the wall. No. <laughs> no, you don't want that? Nope. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, where did this even come from? I don't know. Th- that It's just... I mean, yikes. So, um, Gein was diagnosed with schizophrenia and found mentally incompetent. Therefore, he was deemed unfit for a trial. He was sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, which is now the um, Dodge Correctional Institution, which is a maximum security facility in Waupun, Jerica. Huh. There he is. 
But that's a Wapan is where they keep a lot of the crazies. Yeah. And a lot of people that we've covered already. So that's pretty interesting. And and I don't say Jerica because I think of her when I hear these mental health and prisons. It's because it's in Wapan and we've talked about that before and she corrected us on something. That's the only reason. It's not that I think she's nuts. I love her. She's a great client. Yeah. Okay. But he was later transferred to Mendota State Hospital, which is in Madison. Yep. Which I used to drive past it all the time when I was in going to school at METC. So, and I used to say, I'd be like, I don't want to end up there. But anyway, he did go on trial again in November 7th, 1968. So almost 10 years later uh, for Bernice's ward, Bernice Warden's murder. So again, that's the hardware store owner. He stated that he accidentally shot Bernice when he loaded the 22 model gun. Okay, so he Oops, a- he accidentally so they had the gun on display and he accidentally loaded it and accidentally shot her with it, and then did he accidentally slit her throat and drag her body drag her home and accidentally gut her like a deer? Yeah, all accidents. Oh, uh, is a complete yeah. accident. A judge found that to be absolute bullshit and found him guilty of the murder. He also admitted to the murder of Mary Hogan, which we already realized yeah. because Mary Hogan's face was. In a bag. Right. His next trial was in regards to his sanity, and during that, he was found to be not guilty of his crimes by reason of insanity. So I'm not really exactly sure how they were doing things up there, but yes, the man is nuts. But he did it. I mean, there's no way around it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I hate it when it's called not guilty because of reason of insanity. It's like, no, you're still guilty. Right. Guilty because of insanity. Like, that's what it should be. So he was sentenced to spend the rest of his life in a mental hospital, which is exactly where he was when he died on July 26, 1984, where he he passed away at Mendota Mental Hospital. He passed away of respiratory failure and lung cancer at the age of 77. He was buried between his mother and brother in in a Plainfield cemetery. Over the years, people would chip away at his tombstone to take a souvenir. And then in 2000, someone just up and took the whole damn thing. Yep. (laughs) Which cracked me up when I read it. That was discovered in Seattle, Washington, and is now stored at the Washara County Sheriff's Office. He assumed that Ed, we, or I'm sorry, we assume that Ed Gein is still buried in the cemetery between his mother and his brother, but who knows, maybe someone dug him up and gave him a taste of his own medicine. And then I wrote LOL because I thought that was funny. Right. So, <laughs> no, okay. It is. So one little sad. Yeah, and maybe he liked that. Yeah. So one little fact that I found, um... Was so the officer that found um, Bernice Warden's body and then threw up afterwards. Mm-hmm. He was also the interrogator on this. I guess he beat the shit out of Ed Gein in the interrogation, and then that made his initial confession null and void. I guess or whatever word they use oh. for that. But this whole case caused this man so much stress that he ended up dying before. Um, of heart failure, or I believe they said heart failure, or, or a stroke, or something like. I think they had only two causes of death back then, but it was too much for him to handle, and he ended up dying before he even went on trial. Aww. I know, but That's everyone, sad. everyone said that he just could not recover from what he had witnessed, which is just awful. But so let's talk about the property a little bit now that you have heard the most disgusting things possible. So Gein's house and property were appraised at forty seven hundred dollars. Um, which is equivalent to about $70,000 in 2023. His possessions were scheduled to be auctioned off on March 30th, 1958, but early in the morning of March 20th, the house was destroyed by a fire. Oops. Arson was suspected. Yeah. 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 But the cause of the fire was never officially determined, and it is 
thought that the reason there was no investigation or urgency was because the fire chief, Frank Warden, was started the, it. Well, he probably did, honestly. <laughs> Frank Warden was the son of Bernice Warden. Uh-huh. So we had a fire chief and a deputy of her that were her children. He really kind of picked picked the wrong and she was like well loved and everything. Yeah. Like he picked the wrong woman to murder. So I mean, everyone's the wrong person. To I know, murder, but, but like, like what a shitty thing to do. Ugh. So when Gein learned of the incident, he was locked up and he shrugged just as well. Yeah. Eh. I mean, what does it matter to yeah. him, honestly? Really. So then his 1949 Ford sedan um, was used to haul the bodies and the victims from where he murdered them or dug them up, was sold at a public auction for $760. Who would want his Oh, vehicle? wait to hear this. <laughs> so in, it was sold for $760, which was the equivalent of about 1300 in 2023, to Carnival slideshow operator Bunny Gibbons. Mm. And Gibbons would charge Carnival goers 25 cents admission to see the car. Yep, that makes sense. Which is funny, not funny, but I went to the Zach Bagans um, Museum in... Uh, Las Vegas, not too long ago. Like, I think it was like a year and a half, two years ago. And they had some of Ed Gein's memorabilia there, too. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go check that out if you're interested. But I will tell you right now, there's a clown room and you think you're just at a nice museum. And then all of a sudden you're in a clown room and the clowns jump out at you. And if you hit one of them, you get asked to leave. I peed my pants. <laughs> and I, I did. So go to this place, yeah. you're saying? Like, good times? It was awful. Like, the, the museum was great, but I, I wrote a letter after that. I was pissed. And what did they Literally. Say? What did they tell you? Yeah, you They didn't you respond to me. But they're like, they're like, man. I peed my pants and I punched a clown thing. It was a human. It was. It came out of nowhere. I'm, I'm still upset. Zach Bagans, I'm super. They're on your list. Yeah, he's, he's, on, he's in my, on my, my list of people. Yep. Um, so, furthermore, America became quite infatuated with Ed Gein, as you all know. The novel um, Psycho, which was written in 1959 by Robert Bloch, was a, fiction, a fictionalized version of the events, which then, of course, was a 1960 movie released by Alfred Hitchcock, Psycho, and you know it's been remade since then as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many more horrifying and suspense, suspenseful things that have come from this, including the movie um, Silence of the Lambs. So, like, a lot of... People pick and choose from this Ed Gein situation, and they create something disgusting out of it, which is super great. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to go over the rest of those because we all know what they are. But, yeah, overall. Yeah, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yep, too, is yep. a big one. So it's really great that people are taking pieces of Ed Gein's story and representing Wisconsin. Yep. So, but, uh, yeah, that's the story of Ed Gein. Which that I, is a again, messed up. I'm sure a lot of people know. Yeah. But I had to go over it. So, yeah, it sucks that the house itself is... Oh, so, like, it burned to the ground, and now it's just some overgrown land. I couldn't find who it was owned by. I think it just exists there. I don't think anybody wants anything to do with it. Maybe it's just, like, one of those yeah, areas you know, that just doesn't You just out. don't talk about it. Yeah. So, it's just... Yeah, no one's building on it. No one's touching it. It's all overgrown. It's like nothing had ever been there. Hmm. I do really want to go find his grave, though. So, yeah. We're going to make a trip to Plainfield soon. Yeah. I just decided that right now. Right now. So. Add that to the list mm -hmm. of your things to mm -hmm. do. So, Oh, we're go you're going with me. Girls trip. Girls trip. I'm sure there's a lot more things to do in Plainfield. Oh, sure. Maybe they got a boutique. Ooh. So. 
Anyway, that's Ed Gein, and I appreciate you guys listening. So yeah. be sure to join the Facebook group, Home is Where the Murder Is, and follow us on Instagram, Home is Where the Murder Is. Yep. And if you have a case you want us to cover, please email it to homeiswherethemurderis at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you need to buy a house, call us. Yeah. Message us. We'll help you if you want to sell your house. We'll yeah. do that too. Or if you work for another brokerage and you want to work for a really cool brokerage. Bro- bro- brokerage. I love it when I can't say my words. Brokerage. Um, message us because we'd love to have you on board because not only would you be working with an amazing brokerage like Badger Realty Team, but you'd also be working with us. And and you could come do a murder with us if Ooh, you like. Oh, I'd love that. Come do a murder with us. Come murder with us. Ah. Ah. Have a good day, everybody. Okay, bye.